Our guest today, Dr. Deanne DeVries, shares that despite global uncertainties in 2023, there are real opportunities for growing your business in Africa. What will it take to succeed? It starts with reframing some common misperceptions. Join us for episode 243 of Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. This episode is brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated, enabling successful leaders and companies to accelerate to their next level of success. On the web at businessadvance.com. And now, here's Pam and Scott. Welcome, everyone. I'm Pam Harper, founding partner and CEO of Business Advancement Incorporated. And with me, as always, is my business partner and husband, Scott Harper. Hi, everybody. It's great to have you with us again. And as always, our purpose here is to spark new insights, inspiration, and immediately useful ideas that can help visionary leaders accelerate themselves, along with their companies, to their next level of game-changing innovation, transformation, and growth. Now, you know, Pam, world economic conditions these days are just as turbulent as ever. Mm -hmm. And yet global growth is still on the agenda for a lot of companies in the United States and other countries as well. Now, along these lines, the World Economic Forum just released a report in January 2023. It highlighted investment opportunities in Africa. And they covered a variety of sectors, including automotive, pharmaceutical, a lot of others. However, as with any investment opportunity, it's critical to go in with a clear appreciation for what it will take to lead for a successful outcome. Oh, that's right. That's why we're excited to speak with our returning guest, Dr. Deanne DeVries. We had a conversation with her about a year ago after she published her book, Africa Open for Business. And that was a great overview. Her newest book is Africa Reframing Political Leadership. Both of us were fascinated with her insights about the misconceptions people often have, especially about political leadership in Africa. That's right. But before we get into our discussion, here's a bit about Deanne's background. She spent much of the past 30 years living across Africa and working for startups, including her own global nonprofits and international organizations, venture capital firms, as well as one of the world's top 10 logistics firms. Her articles and ideas have been featured in the World Economic Forum Africa, The Economist, The Financial Times, and CNBC Africa, as well as on university campuses and at local tech or entrepreneur gatherings. Deanne is fluent in Dutch, German, English, French, Portuguese, and Swahili, wow. along with a smattering of Spanish, Arabic, and some other local Bantu languages. We'll speak in English. Okay. <laughs> Today we will. Yeah. You can read much more about Deanne's background by going to growthignitersradio.com, episode 243, and scroll down to the bio link in resources. Deanne, welcome back to Growth Igniters Radio. Thank you, Pam and Scott. It's great to be back. Yes, and congratulations on your newest book in the Africa series. Thank you. So tell us why. It's enough to write one of these books, but you felt compelled, I understand, to write the second book about Africa reframing political leadership. What was behind that? 
Yeah. So as you mentioned, it's super exciting how more and more corporations and senior leadership teams are considering and actually investing in Africa. Right. However, there were a few misconceptions that I kept hearing from them, particularly around political leadership and risk. And a lot of them have the idea, the misconception actually, that Africa's heads of state they're poor leaders, they're corrupt, they all want bribes, and they're unable to do business or even provide a business-friendly or business-safe environment for foreign companies that are coming into Africa. Hmm. And over my 30 years in Africa, I've interacted with heads of state and their ministers, and I've seen a very different side. Mm -hmm. And so I realized that an emphasis on the politics and the power structures as well as the culture and the people are just as important for people to understand as is the business environment. Of course, Africa is is so diverse. There are what, 54 countries? And exactly. it's easy to say, well, Africa. <laughs> but that's like saying people. Well, it's saying doing business in Africa yeah. and everybody mm -hmm. gets like one understanding. Yeah. But you found it different. Exactly. And there are some things that brings Africa together. Like yeah. you were mentioning the WEF, they're highlighting the Africa free continental trade area, which is actually the largest free trade zone in terms of countries, number of countries, there's 50 plus countries involved in the world. Wow. And they've got a combined GDP of $3.4 trillion. So in that aspect, you do have Africa working together to increase trade within Africa, as well as to other parts of the world. But Africa is, it's 54 different countries, and each one is very unique. Just like in the United States, we have 50 states, and yeah. they each have their own eccentricities as well. No That's kidding. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So you talked about misconceptions. Can you tell us a brief story about maybe how this has played out in your experience? Yes. So I spent five years living in Mozambique. It's not one of the first countries that comes to mind when people think about investing in Africa. And every year, Mozambique has an annual trade fair. Right. And so President Nusi every year would visit our booth. Now, there's over 5,000 booths. So it's not wow. like you have a high percentage that he's actually going to come visit you. And he did every year. And people would be like, well, why would he visit you? And it's because he knew what we were doing. And he also saw us as partners in making Mozambique better in terms of growing the economy, training workers, improving the communities, because he knew that the more profit we could make in Mozambique, the more people we could hire, the more opportunities mm -hmm. Mozambicans would have to get experience with an international company. The us that you're referring to at this point was a larger corporation. Is that right? Exactly. Yeah. This was a global logistics corporation, and we had invested $200 million in the country building a logistics park and really to facilitate the trade from mm -hmm. Mozambique to the rest of the world, both import and exports. And so, you know, people were surprised. And it was fun because oftentimes the ministers or the provincial governor would bring people to the site and they would walk in and they'd see this white American lady. And immediately their concerns or their misconceptions were like waylaid because they're like, oh, you're here. And so ah. we spoke that same lingo. We looked like one another. We spoke the same language. We They assume that we think about business the same way. Mm -hmm. So when I would tell them stories about how 
I knew the president. He knew me by face. We won't go for coffee or something together, but yeah, you know, yeah. because you can be partners because you're help, you have that same common goal to improve your own bottom line, to improve the community and the country that you're working with. And that was his focus as well. And there's okay. many different situations, different countries where I had similar experiences. Yeah. So misconceptions can go both ways. Mm -hmm. What you're describing here is a very expansive mindset that breaks some stereotypes. Yeah. That's really important. It is. So along those lines, what excited me particularly about your work was that you were talking about the importance of fit between a company's leadership yes. and a country's leadership. And especially from the sociological perspective, maybe yes. you can talk to us a little bit about that because it was so unique to me. Yeah. I mean, we naturally tend to affiliate with people who look like us. Maybe we've gone to the same school. We like the same sports teams or whatever. Right. Now, obviously, I, being a white American woman, don't look like a lot of people in Africa. And yet, I'm very successful in what I do there. And I realized that I needed to bring that same sociological perspective to political leadership and basically pull back the curtains so mm -hmm. that people could learn and see that while at first glimpse, you may look very different, you're really not that different. You see, what I love about mm -hmm. sociology is it looks to understand the causes and consequences of human action. And those happen in every country in the world. Mm -hmm. They want it, Sociology wants to know what makes us think and act the way that we do, what attracts us to people or pushes them away. Mm -hmm. And they do that by looking at culture and social structures. And so that's what I was looking to do in the book as well. Aha. Uh -huh. So we're going to pick up on this conversation, but first we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll dig deeper with Dr. Deanne DeVries, the author of Africa Reframing Political Leadership, about reframing misconceptions around the fit between a company's leadership and a country's leadership. Stay with us. This is Growth Igniter's Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. We're brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated, and we're on the web at businessadvance.com. As always, we focus on enabling visionary CEOs and C-suite leaders to accelerate the momentum it takes to achieve game-changing innovation, transformation, and growth. We're excited to announce that as of February 2023, Growth Igniter's radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper is moving into its ninth year of episodes. Wow. We're proud that we've received top podcast recognition in 2022. This year, we'll have more conversations with CEOs and thought leaders who are changing the face of business, and we'll feature more of our own quick take episodes. If you're enjoying listening to this podcast, spread the good word. Just open Growth Igniter's radio on whatever podcast app you use and write a review. And share links to your favorite episodes on your social media. Welcome back to Growth Igniter's Radio with Pam Harper, that's me, and Scott Harper. Today, Scott and I are speaking with Dr. Deanne DeVries, the author of Africa Reframing Political Leadership, about reframing misconceptions around the fit between a company's leadership and a country's leadership. Deanne, tell us how people can find out more about you and your advisory services and your book. 
All of my social handles are at drdeandevries.com. That's drdeandevries.com. And they can find that also through growthignitersradio.com. And my books are available on Amazon in print, audio, and ebook. Go to growthignitersradio.com, episode 243, and scroll down under resources. In the first segment, we were talking with Deanne about how people tend to overgeneralize doing business in Africa as an entity, when in reality, as you said, we're talking about different countries with different types of political leadership, and that it makes a difference, especially from a sociological standpoint. So let's talk a little bit more about that. For instance, what was the biggest learning you had about leadership as you interviewed African heads of state, which you did for your book? Mm -hmm, exactly. The number one thing I learned, or I should say relearned, was really the importance of talking to people face to face and hearing their stories from their mouths. I mean, when you think about it, we reveal so much about ourselves by the stories that we tell. Because they'll convey what's important to us, they'll convey our identities, but also our leadership practices and the right. justifications of how we lead. Mm -hmm. It's interesting because in my experiences, I saw that assumptions were often carried in when companies would move from one country to another. And I happen to be part of global situations, mm -hmm. but you learn differently. Oh, absolutely. I mean, when you can view and analyze, which is what I was able to do, all this amazing information and these very unique personal insights that I got from heads of state, it opened up a whole new world. Because when you don't understand the context, whether that's business or politics, right. you're not going to draw the wrong conclusion. And so by looking at everything that they shared with me through a sociological lens that focused right. on the patterns of their behavior, their relationships, and their culture, it literally reframes political leadership in Africa from everything else that's out there right now. Hmm. So it's very different from just reading. Can you give us an instance of one of these conversations and, and how that played out for you? Yeah. So there was one... I interviewed them all anonymously. I mean, obviously right. I know who they are, but it's all anonymous. So President E was a head of state and he credited his ability to lead as being honed through his formal education opportunities and uh -huh. a very different, very diverse careers in both the private and the public sectors, um, which included studying and working overseas. And he said, he goes, I came to the role of head of state with the knowledge and experience in agriculture and trade and logistics and economics and how to feed my country during a famine. He goes, but today's leaders often have little to none of that experience. And so what that did is that helped me think about, okay, what does that head of state bring to the office? It's the same with you're looking at a job. If you're looking at a CEO, what do they bring to the office? Mm -hmm. And one of the things that all of my interviewees said, the reason that education was so important is because it taught you to analyze. Right. It taught you to think and give consideration to a different viewpoint. And it also oftentimes opened up opportunities to go overseas where you were confronted with different cultures. And so that would also make you stop and think, hmm, does that apply? How does it apply? If not, why? If so, how? So you have instances of people who, contrary to maybe some common misperceptions, are actually very broad in their outlook, very sophisticated, and really care about their countries and not just about themselves. And this has a huge economic impact. 
Absolutely. I mean, usually you just read about President Mandela, who definitely was an amazing head of state. Right. Mm -hmm. You know that there's been over 300 heads of state since the different countries in Africa got their independence. You know there's right. got to be more. Plus, don't you want some examples to inspire young people in the next generation to become head of state? And of course, don't you want to inspire businesses that, hey, yes, I'm an ethical leader. I know what I'm talking about. I can sit down and negotiate with you. I understand contractual terms. I understand how to legally make money, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Did you notice any misperceptions that they had about doing business with leaders in the Western part of the world? Not the heads of state, because all of them had had opportunities to work, study, and travel abroad. But they said one of the disadvantages that a lot of countries in Africa have is that the majority of the ministers, the people who are actually, or the assistant secretaries that are actually doing a lot of these negotiations, they haven't had the opportunities that their counterparts from the US, the UK, or Australia, or wherever have. And he goes, so that does put our people at a disadvantage, because they haven't had the exposure that more developed countries in the world, their ministers, their trade delegations have. Then what are the implications for how a company's leadership, let's say, we want to go out there and develop an opportunity in Africa. I mean, everybody's operating off of some misperceptions. What do you do there? How do you handle that? Well, for me, when I work with people, the first thing is building that awareness. Are they aware of Africa? Are they aware of their own culture? What kind of culture does this company require to be effective? And can they find that in Africa, in one okay. of Africa's countries? Mm -hmm. Secondly, they're going to need a breadth. Heads of state need a breadth of experience, even life experiences. They're like, it's fine if you have a formal education, but if you don't know how to put it into practice, it doesn't do any good. And so the same thing with companies. It's like understanding what are those educational skills and knowledge that your employees will need? And can you find those? And if not, can you teach those? Can you transfer those? And the third thing is just really being very clear. Clear to see beyond the stereotypes and assumptions. People say that one of my favorite ways to start a sentence is, so tell me how come, DTTT. Because I'm curious, I want to understand, this isn't about right or wrong, good or bad, better or worse. This is just about, it's different. It's like culture. It's like if you put somebody from Boston in the same room with somebody from Dallas and in the same room with somebody from Los Angeles, three completely different characters, all from the United States. Mm -hmm. But it makes a big difference in terms of how people negotiate, et cetera. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's a different kind of thing. Yeah, curiosity generates insight, which generates new opportunity. There you go. Right. And really, as a leader going into Africa, you want to realize who it is that you're sitting on opposite sides of the table with, and you want to create a win-win-win. Absolutely. Sure. Unfortunately, there's too much past history of people going in and just wanting to take it all and who cares about what they leave behind. And so a lot of companies will, in the beginning, experience a bit of hesitation. But again, mm -hmm. when you've done your homework and you realize the history, when you realize the culture and how that makes the political leader, that makes the business leader in Africa, you'll be aware of that. Yeah, and doing that homework in person. 
as mm-hmm. opposed to remotely. Yeah. yeah. Well, we're going to continue the conversation, but first we're going to take another quick break. And when we come back, Scott and I will speak more with Dr. Deanne DeVries, the author of Africa Reframing Political Leadership, about immediately useful ideas for more accurately assessing the fit between a company's leadership and a country's leadership. Stay with us. You're listening to Growth Igniter's Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. We're brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated, where we focus on enabling visionary leaders to dramatically increase momentum for game-changing results. We're on the web at businessadvance.com. Have you ever wondered if so many CEOs think it's important to lead for business transformation and long-term growth in a rapidly changing world, why can it be so challenging to break the orbit of the status quo? As an author and advisor to visionary CEOs who often face mysterious pushback to their big ideas, that was the question that sent me on a long search for answers. So what's the secret of the great leaders? The successful visionary leaders I call growth igniters? The ones who are able to ignite game-changing business growth over and over again? What's their secret? They're able to anticipate and embrace the hidden leadership dynamics that can naturally emerge in uncharted territory. How do they do this? That's what I share in my keynote, Break Orbit, Achieving Long-Term Growth in a Short-Term World. Go to PamHarperSpeaks.com today to find out more about Pam's keynote and her availability to speak at your next leadership conference or executive retreat. Welcome back to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. Over the last two segments, Scott and I have been speaking with Dr. Deanne DeVries, the author of Africa Reframing Political Leadership, about reframing misconceptions around the fit between a company's leadership and a country's leadership. Deanne, remind us how people can find out more about you, your books, your advisory services, and anything else. Thank you, Pam and Scott. So they can find me on www.drdeandevries, Dr. Being DR, on LinkedIn at Dr. DeAndeVries, and my books are available on Amazon. Okay. And you can find out more information and links for this episode, including a link to the previous episode that we have with Deanne DeVries by going to growthignitersradio.com episode 243 and scrolling down to resources. So we're at the part of our episode here where we talk about three immediately useful ideas. And in this case, it's for reframing misconceptions around the fit between a company's leadership and a country's leadership. And I say this a lot because I just think it is so vital to distinguish what a country's leadership is and how you would do business with that country. I've seen it work well. I've seen it really not work well. So let's go to idea number one. For me, it's always the same. Get on the ground. Ah. It was interesting when I was interviewing the heads of state, all of them that I interviewed said the most important thing to be an effective head of state, somebody who leaves your country in a better state than when you found it, is you have to know your people and your country. And four of them said, and not by helicopter. 
Uh-huh. And I was like, wait a second, what do you mean? And they spoke to the fact that, you know, a lot of times as a head of state, you can take a helicopter and just fly everywhere really quickly. But they're right. like, that's not how you get to know people and they get to know you. And they shared about how they would drive, they would cycle, they would walk around. Oh my goodness. You know, the different villages. They would spend mm-hmm. time talking with the elders and the chiefs. They'd visit the nurses and doctors in the rural health centers. They'd sleep in the villages. Getting to know your people, it's it's who you are. It's your way of life. It's not something you do for a campaign season or because mm-hmm. you want to get elected. And it's the same with business. If you really want to understand what it's like on the ground, who the political leader is, you've got to go there. You might be able to shake his hand at Weft Davos, but you want to really go to his country and show him that respect and meet with him on his turf, so to speak. So number one, get on the ground. If you don't already know somebody who can give you an authentic tour, I mean, I've seen tours that have been very carefully choreographed. How would you go about making sure that it was something that was going to be real? That's such a great question. Because I guarantee you on the plane there, you were going to meet somebody whose brother's uncle works for the president. You really want to get somebody who has literally can say, been there, done that, not got Mm -hmm. just one t-shirt, but I got 10 t-shirts to show you. And somebody that's been there that knows it, that knows the country, knows the food and is passionate about it. Idea number two is really to not be afraid to be passionate about something, to go into something that's a little bit unknown. I mean, you think about it, why do people start companies? Because they've got an idea and they're excited about it. And they're like, ooh, if I need it, so-and-so needs it. And this person's going to need it, you know? And so be passionate about looking for Africa. I mean, today, one in every six people in the world lives on the continent of Africa. By 2050, that'll be one in four. Wow. Imagine in 2050, that's like, you know, 25 years so so, okay? One in every four people is going to live on that continent. Hey, you want to mm. go there. Those are your clients. Those are your right. service providers. That's where your raw materials are. 60% of the world's arable land is there. Your future employees are going to be there. And so remember the passion that got you into your business in the beginning. It's very possible that you can rekindle that passion, discover a new market, a new outlet for your passion by going into Africa. That's great. Going back to the first point and joining those together, if you are on the ground in there with your passion, you can actually gain insights about needs that you may not have even realized were there, resources that you may not even realize were there and could excite whole new lines of thought, whole new lines of value. Exactly. Yeah. Let's go to immediately useful idea number three. What would that be? Never assume that what you read or hear about Africa is the truth. When I was interviewing heads of state, President G shared how people just assumed that because he was a head of state, he was dishonest and corrupt. And he says, he goes, Deanne, people just assumed I took money. They assume I'm corrupt, but why? Why do I need the money? I have a roof over my head, food on my table. I have a beautiful wife, lovely children. What more do I need? But people can't imagine that's enough. Mm-hmm. Mm. And so you don't want to assume that the political leader is automatically corrupt or bad because that's what a lot of people read about. I was shocked doing uh, my research that almost nobody's actually interviewed heads of state. They've just kind of watched them from afar and and drawn some conclusions. Uh Would they be able to actually get those conversations? I mean, I think that's an assumption. You say, well, hey, they're the heads of state. Maybe my Mm -hmm. company is not a huge corporation. 
would they still be able to get that meeting? Absolutely. And I would say it's probably not the first meeting that you want to have. For me, going into a country, I never encourage my clients to have a meeting with the head of state from the get-go because you want to be able to go in multiple times, do your research, meet the people, identify who local service providers could be, get a feel if you need to adapt your product or your service. You want to be able to go in and meet with the head of state know what his five-year and his the country's 10-year vision is so that you can share how you're going to help him build his country, how you're going to help him grow his economy, that you're his partner. Just like I shared the story with President Nusi in Mozambique, that's how he viewed the company I was working with at the time. We were his partners. We both wanted the same thing, to improve the economy and the lives of the people of Mozambique. You know, it's interesting that you say that because I'm reading so much more these days about the importance of collaboration. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've always felt it, but I'm seeing it coming out in other documents where it's clear that people need to work from different countries in collaboration. Yeah. And to be able to do that, you have to be able to be very clear about your own goals, but at the same time, be willing to have them blown apart a little bit by some of the discovery that you have about what people are and are not, and how are you going to work together? Exactly. I think about the 30 years that I've spent across Africa and all of the conversations that I've had, they've not all resulted in projects. Times we've had to right. walk away or projects might have taken 10 years instead of the hope to have one year or whatever. Mm-hmm. But that's part of doing business anywhere in the world. Yes. And so when you're looking at Africa, you really need somebody who has been on the ground and done that. And that's one of the things I tell people. I said, Not only do I bring 30 years of experience and lots of stories, but I also bring the honesty. I'll tell you if as a company, you're not ready for Africa or you're Uh not ready to meet Uh the head of state. It's not that you're just because you're not ready today doesn't mean you won't be ready in six months or two years. Mm -hmm. That's a good point. Anything you learn now is just, this is what I know now. And now we have something to work with so that we can move forward. Mm -hmm. Deanne, this has been a great conversation. Any last thoughts you can leave us with on this whole topic that we've been talking about with the fit between the company's leadership and the country's leadership, especially in Africa? Yeah. Well, I love this topic because so many companies go in, they don't even think. I mean, part of the reason I named my book Reframing Political Leadership, I also help companies reframe how they do business. Because Uh. most companies, it doesn't matter if you're just expanding to the next state or to Europe from the United States, they don't even think about, oh, well, how does my company actually align with that country's culture or that country's president or head of state? And so this is such a valuable conversation. And honestly, you know, when you look at mergers and acquisitions, why do 75% fail? Right. Culture fit. A lot of it is culture fit. Yeah, exactly. They don't have it, you know, and so you can set yourself up by making sure that as the political leader and you as a business leader, that you share commonalities. Well, thank you, Deanne, for being our guest again today on Growth Igniters Radio. Thank you, Scott and Pam. Thanks indeed, Deanne. And thanks to you out there for listening to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. To get show notes and resource links for this week's episode, including a link to the World Economic Forum report we refer to, go to growthignitersradio.com, select episode 243. Until next time, this is Pam Harper. And Scott Harper. Wishing you continued success and leaving you with this question to discuss with your team. How can we start uncovering our assumptions 
about doing business in Africa and what's the right fit for our company. Growth Igniters and Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper are registered service marks of Business Advancement Incorporated. All Growth Igniters Radio episodes are copyrighted productions of Business Advancement Incorporated, intended for the private use of our audience. Except as otherwise provided by copyright law, all other uses including copying, editing, redistribution, and publication without prior written consent of Business Advancement Incorporated are prohibited. All rights reserved.